This is In-Ear Insights, the Trust Insights Podcast. In this week's In-Ear Insights, Google Analytics 4 has added in attribution modeling, which uh, has been something that was missing at launch, uh, and it is now available. Uh, so we figured we'd take some time today to walk through it, what's in it, uh, what's not in it, and some, some important considerations. Now, uh, for those folks who are listening, you'll, you'll want to hop on over to our YouTube channel uh, over at trustinsights.ai slash YouTube, uh, because we're going to share, uh, we're going to sort of walk through this on screen. So again, that's trustinsights.ai slash YouTube, we can uh, see the video, but we'll talk through it as well. So I'm going to start with this. This is the standard GA4 interface. Now, Katie, when you look at this, uh, where would you expect attribution to be? Oh, that is a great question. Um, I So full disclosure, I am not super familiar with the GA4 interface. So Chris is not asking me trick questions. Uh, I am just like any other marketer who this is new to. So I see things like life cycle, acquisition, engagement, monetization, retention, and then user demographics and tech. Um, you know, none of these really scream attribution to me. I mean, you could say life cycle, maybe acquisition or retention. Um, user tech, but I like I know from using GA3 that that's really going to be things like what device. Uh, so yeah, my guess would be under the life cycle menu acquisition. And here is the problem with Google Analytics for attribution. <laughs> that ain't it. You have to go to the upper menus where you see reports, explore, advertising and configure. And then it is in advertising. So even though it, the entire section is about at section of attribution, it's called advertising. I don't know why it's labeled that. Um, folks from Google Analytics team, if you are watching this, please consider renaming this section to attribution so that people know that that's what it is. Because it, it is actually, in fact, you know, it, it, okay. Um, well, to you know, I can understand. I can sort of. I can see the other side of it because advertising at least to you and i chris assumes that there's money involved so paid ads those kinds of things but advertising is really just another term for marketing which is essentially what this breaks down to which is how did you reach your customers how did you advertise yourself to them whether there was money or not money behind it and so did you advertise using email did you advertise using organic search did you advertise through your partner network. And so I can I can draw the line and the logical conclusion. Do I think that it's intuitive based on how we've been trained to think about attribution? Absolutely not. But I can understand why it's been called advertising. Um, this is sort of, you know, not to go too deep down a rabbit hole, but one of the issues with change management is inconsistent, like inconsistent things. And so for years, it's been called attribution. And now they've just made the decision without communicating. Now it's called advertising. And so that's a problem. So none of us know how to find the thing except for Chris, who literally clicks every button says, what does this button do? <laughs> and, and here's the funny part. I'm going to go into my admin, my settings for my property. <clears throat> and if I look here, there's a section called attribution settings. So huh. it should say, you know, advertising settings. And in here, right. of course, you can go in and set like the things that you would expect in your attribution model um but that that's that's not what that that's labeled in the actual application so yeah a little bit of a 
change management slash who moved my cheese moment. So in <laughs> you look puzzled, Katie. What's up? Um, well, it's it's funny because in thinking through the inconsistencies, and so it's called advertising, but then when you look at the actual sub-menu, it's called attribution again. And so one might say that this is just a QA issue and it was meant to be called attribution, but somebody said, oh, advertising, the word spelled correctly. Great, check that box. So just, you know, sort of thinking out loud as to why this came about, it could be a mistake. It very well could be. Um, so what do we have in here? Well, obviously everything in, in this is contingent upon you having set up conversions. If you didn't set up conversions, which are GA4 goals, um, this will this section will be completely unhelpful. Uh, so let's go ahead and, and just see what conversions I've got set up. Uh, there are four in here that do not matter that are just pollution to, in my account because I integrated Firebase for no good reason. Don't do that, by the way. It's, it's just bad for your analytics. Um, so we've got purchase, which is someone buying a book, downloading a file, uh, subscribing to my newsletter, or going to uh, my public speaking page to book some speaking. And what we see here right away is conversions by default channel grouping. Well, we all thought, hey, default channel groupings were going away, right? That's what we thought, too, because uh, in GA3, one of the things that's uh, really tricky is you have to get your default channel groupings correct or uh, the application doesn't show them correctly. So they're back here in GA4. Like, well, where did this come from? If you look at the help files, GA4 has... Ch uh, default channel groupings now, uh, and they they list through like you know, what are, what are what's in this uh, this functionality. The part that was surprising to me was that uh, default channel groupings. Let's look at this. Oops, G four is that unlike Google Analytics three, uh, GA four. Uh, default channel groupings are not case sensitive and cannot be edited. So what this means is that you have to get your source medium uh, pairings correct and matching what Google says they must be for your default channel groupings to work properly. If you don't do that, your reports is going to be wrong and you can't fix it. So given that, so this is the current state today, given the way that G Google is rolling out some of these features, I think there is a likelihood that somewhere down the line in the future, you could edit the channel groupings, but just not today. So if you are using the GA4 data, then as Chris says, you have to get your source medium correct. But with the caveat, they have to match the way that Google is defining them, not just how you're defining them for your company. And that's, you know, that's problematic because that's a whole new way of learning for a lot of people like we know that a lot of companies are now just getting used to okay let me just standardize how we're using source medium great now they have to relearn it all over again because google's once again changed the rules exactly so the one thing that i would say there is that you can't do it on the the snapshot page but later on you can say let's just use medium instead so if you've got a you know a source medium hierarchy that works for you, you can just ignore Google's default channel groupings. The The danger is, of course, that if you have somebody who's not trained, um, it, they'll use the defaults and the defaults are wrong. So in the attribution, we have our the usual model comparison tool. And what we've got here are the same models that everyone should be used to uh, from 
previous versions of Google Analytics. Last click, first click, linear attribution, position based in time decay. And if, if you want a refresher on this, uh, we have, I, I don't know, like any number of podcasts and some webinars and things on, on what these different attribution models mean. Um, the model comparison tool is somewhat helpful um, in terms of just figuring out which of these models is sort of best reflects reality. Um, for my personal website here, we see that email um, gets slightly more credit than it should. We see that referral gets slightly less credit than it should. Uh, and organic social gets slightly less credit than, than it should. But again, you can change this to either medium or source medium if you want to get more granular, which I think is probably more useful. Hmm. It's what's interesting too is it looks like they've maybe I'm mistaken. It looks like they've added a new model that uh, gives more priority to ads. Um, <laughs> but if we're clear, when the the ad preferred model is only Google ads, it's not other types of paid advertising. So proceed with caution. Google is giving themselves the most credit if you choose to let them. Yes. In fact, if you look at the default channel grouping, some of these like paid search video and display require the Google ad network, right? Mm -hmm. So you, it is not any advertising that's displayed. It's only Google's. So just, just be aware of that, that there is definitely a bias built into the tool. Mm -hmm. But um, because so this is Google, they can do that. Exactly. It's their tool and you're getting it for free. So you can't really complain. Like I'm not getting what I pay for because you're paying nothing for it. Right. Um, now the conversion paths, this is a somewhat somewhat of an improvement over the previous versions. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, change this from uh, default channel grouping to medium, because again, you know, they've got all those mediums that may or may not be uh, approved and you can choose the model. I, of these models, the one that's least bad, and we've said this a lot, the one that's least bad is time decay. And what this now does is this part here is still unhelpful, right? There's, you know, just the number of times something happened, but you now have sort of a, a funnel-ish view of, of your mediums to see like, well, what medium at each of these given touch points um, is helping move things along, helping convert. So for, uh, let's just go, I'm gonna just do ahead, go ahead and do just people subscribing to my newsletter. I think that's a, a, an easy thing. So in the beginning, referral, it sort of introduces people to, to the newsletter. Um, in the middle, not a whole lot happens. And then, you know, sort of last touch, you can see, you know, two thirds of my conversion uh, touch points are, are sort of last touch uh, touch points. Uh, none, <laughs> there is no medium. And I know what that is. That's, uh, that is actually social media because I screwed up um, one of my click tracking things um, on my personal website, which states the importance of having uh, good governance, and then referral email, and then organic search. What I find interesting here is that from a medium basis, uh, organic search really isn't showing up a whole lot here. And this conflicts with reality um, you know, in looking at attribution models from GA3 and our own attribution models from our website. This does not match up with um, with what we've, we've seen and, and pretty much know to be true about my website. So why is that? Um, you know, I know, you know, if I go back a couple of steps, I know that one of the issues with GA3 and the default channel grouping is that there's a lot of problems with it straight out of the box, which is why we always counsel and coach people to 
modify it so that it's collecting data correctly. And so I guess my first question is in GA4, you know, how confident are you in the default channel grouping that's out of the box, given that you can't edit it? We know that in GA3, email is a problem. Um, we know that social is a problem. Um, and then I guess my next question is, what's what's the disconnect between GA3 and GA4 in terms of this data? It's the same data, theoretically. It is. So how confident am I in it? I don't know the underlying model, so I have I have no confidence in it because I don't know how it works, right? It's a black box. Um, if I knew for sure what it was and how it worked and, and sort of the underlying basics of the model, I, I might have more confidence in I am making the assumption, and this is an assumption because it's not published anywhere in Google's documentation, that it's still using the same models from the old Google attribution product, which was using Shapley values. Um, but even that doesn't necessarily, again, match up. When I look at um, the, the, the Markov chain model version that we use uh, for my newsletter, uh, it is a very different story because it looks at across all the different touch points, early, middle, and late, to say like this channel does the most heavy lifting. And we can see here that you know organic search is 57% of, uh, of the, the driver's conversion, whereas here, you know, it's a tiny little bit, you know, uh, 1% of early touch points and, and uh, 3% of late touch points. That doesn't match up. So I don't know why this is the case. Uh, and I can't explain it because I don't know what the underlying model is. All I can say is that we are working with theoretically the same data, right? Because our uh, the, our Markov chain modeling uh, pulls from Google Analytics data, right? So it's not like it's you know pulling from uh, some different data sources. It's, it's all the same data set. Why this is the case, I don't know. Well, and I guess my question wasn't around your confidence in the model. My question was around your confidence in the way that in Google Analytics 4, Google has classified the different uh, data points. And so that was back to sort of the default channel grouping mm. that you can't edit. I'm not using default channel groupings though. I'm using source medium here uh, in this section because I know default channel groupings are wrong. So every single data point that you're looking at has been categorized then by you through a UTM tag. That's correct, or a known source. So when we turn on, uh, you know, default channel groupings, we now have referral, organic search, organic social, et cetera. Again, based on Google's definitions and unassigned. Mm -hmm. And even here, this still doesn't match up with reality. So not letting my anxiety get the best of me. <laughs> if I'm, if I'm, you know, I, if I'm someone who's being asked to look at this information and make a decision with it, I don't know that I can do that because based on what I'm being told by you, someone who knows Google Analytics inside and out, you can't yet trust the data. So what am I, someone who doesn't know it as well, supposed to do about it? Right. So <clears throat> I don't know. I honestly don't know what to say, except that you probably want more than one source of attribution modeling something to try and get on. So uh, I'm assuming, I'm hoping that you took our advice 
and you didn't just turn off your GA3 account, right? Because obviously you can go back to GA3 and look at the same data. In fact, I, I'm actually curious to see what that would look like. Uh, so let's go to my old GA3 account. Well, and I guess that that's, you know, one of the points that we want to drive home is GA4 is still very much almost experimental at this point. Uh, not all the features are rolled out. We didn't think, we didn't know if attribution model was coming back and lo and behold, there it is. However, there are still some challenges with it in terms of its intuitiveness, in terms of the data that is being brought in and in terms of the underlying model. And so while we're sharing this information with you about Google Analytics 4 and we still encourage you to set up a parallel instance, that's what it should be, parallel to Google Analytics 3. So now is not the time to abandon ship on GA3 and go to GA4. Yeah. So I just looking very quickly, organic search ranked a lot higher in this, in GA3. So there's a definite difference between these two models. Uh, GA3's models are older. Uh, they don't use, I'm would assume again this is an assumption they're not using the same machine learning models that ga4 is so the big question that you know we need to ask and and uh our friends at google is what is the underlying architecture of the ga4 attribution model again they don't have to give away all the secrets and say it's exactly this mm -hmm. just what family of classification is it? is it markov chains is it shapley values is it a neural network if we know that then we can start to say, okay, well, based on we how we know that model works, then this answer may or may not be sensible, or at least get some insight into to essentially how the attribution model is coming up with its decisions. But to your point, Katie, right now, I would be real hesitant to make decisions on that model because it would say effectively that organic social is the thing for early funnel interactions on my newsletter. And I know for sure, again, because we've built our own models, that is very much not the case in any way, shape or form. Organic social typically for, at least for this example, which is my personal website, does horribly bad compared to organic search, compared to you know real referral traffic and stuff. And it would lead me to making a bad decision, a decision that would not be productive. So let me reverse the conversation a little bit. So we're talking about Google Analytics 4 and our inability to feel confident in the data right now. How confident are you in the accuracy of the data in Google Analytics 3? In the underlying data for my website, I am very confident in it. Like the, the data that we pull out through the API and use for the trust insights attribution modeling. I am very confident in that because it's one of those things where, you know, as you're writing the code, you can hit, you have to hand inspect the data coming in to make sure that it's, it's stru structured properly and things. And I am very confident in that data. Um, and so, and by extension, I am confident that what's, what GA3 is processing uh, and displaying is correct. Um, it, 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 you know, it makes, mathematical sense, it, you look at the underlying data and the underlying data looks good, it's not full, full of weird garbage. And it makes intuitive sense too, based on things like we've run you know, for our site, for my own website, I've run surveys to my audience, I've asked people, we've run focus groups and things, and we can see the 
attribution data from people themselves saying like, yeah, this is how I found you or this is um, you know, how I heard of you. Again, that one thing that we constantly tell people all the time, always as much as possible, have a little thing on every form says, how did you hear about us and let people tell you how they heard about you is so valuable for calibrating your attribution models. Because you're right, Katie, if you didn't have that other data, mm -hmm. You could have two different attribution models. You wouldn't know which one's correct because you have no source of truth. Uh, but when people say, I searched for you, like, okay. <laughs> so clearly the model that says search is the thing um, is probably more accurate than the model that, that where that's not the case. And I think that that's an important part of this as well is there's a lot of trust in what the machines spit out because it's machine learning, it's AI, it must be correct. And so I think that it's a good practice to question it and make sure that there's some sort of other validation that the data is accurate. And so that's sort of the second piece, I think, of the point that we're making here is number one, you know, make sure that you haven't turned off Google Analytics 3 because Google Analytics 4, while it's good, it's not where it needs to be yet. And then the second is if it, if your spidey senses are telling you it's not right, it's probably not right. So having that second data source in Google Analytics 3, having that third data source in customer feedback data directly from the customers is going to continue to validate whether or not the information coming out of this big black box machine learning thing is correct or not. And so what we're seeing at least in the initial is we don't feel confident that the, that the data coming out of Google Analytics 4 for attribution modeling is correct yet. Exactly right. And I can't underscore that third data source enough. You know, you've got to ask people, how did you hear about us? What made you come in today? You know, why did you, why did you choose us? Um, it is such important information because mm -hmm. it is the customer telling you it's not relying on an intermediary. Because again, as much as we love Google Analytics and as much as we love the team there and 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 you know the the way they do their work, they are still an intermediary between us and the customer. Mm -hmm. Right, as marketers, they still are interpreting the customer, and there is never any intermediary that is better than talking to the customer directly. I agree with that. And I think that that sort of goes back to one of the underlying um, pieces of knowledge about how machine learning works. Machine learning is only as good as the data that you feed it. And so it starts with the customer self-report information. And so if the data coming out of the machine learning model and the data that your customers are reporting is mismatching, which one do you think is wrong? Yep. Um... And again, there's other pieces of software. You know, if you're using a, a, a CRM, a marketing automation system like Modic or HubSpot uh, or Marketo, those pieces of software also have their own attribution modeling. Salesforce.com has its own attribution modeling. And you may want to put a, a few of these models together, you know, side by side, say, okay, which ones here, um, you know, agree with each other, which ones don't. I, that, I think that's a valuable exercise. But again, your ground source of truth has to be what the customer told you. And that's a great way to evaluate all these different models and say, okay, here's what customers have told us, which model most correlates to what the customers told us. If you can do that, you'll be in a really good condition for saying which pieces of software should we trust 
I, mm-hmm. to make decisions, particularly if we're talking about like, say you've got a $50,000 budget on, you know, uh, advertising this quarter. If you, if one model says spend it all on Facebook and another model says spend it all on LinkedIn, well, who do you believe? Cause if you're wrong, you've blown 50 grand. Right. So back to the original point of this podcast is surprise Google Analytics 4 introduced attribution modeling. They call it advertising and we're not sure if it's wholly accurate as of yet. Exactly. Um, so do that homework. And, and again, if you have not asked your customers how you heard, how they heard about you, now is the time. Uh, what's, what's the expression, Katie? Like today is the day. To today is that. a great day to start fixing things. <laughs> exactly. Today is the day to put that on your forms, to ask people in an, a newsletter survey, to you know, uh, float a poll on so on your social media accounts today, which is you know, we're recording this on August sixteenth. To August sixteenth is the day for you mm-hmm. to start uh, collecting that customer data. That's right. If you got any questions about anything we've talked about today in today's show, please join us over at the Analytics for Marketers Slack group. Totally free. Go to trustinsights.ai slash analytics for marketers, where you can join over 1,900 other professionals in talking about all of the marketing and analytics challenges you're facing. And wherever it is that you're tuning into our show today, uh, if there's a challenge you prefer to receive on, we're probably there too. Go to trustinsights.ai slash TI podcast, and you can find uh, the show in any number of formats. Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Need help making your marketing platforms, processes, and people work smarter? Visit trustinsights.ai today and learn how we can help you deliver more impact.